1: 8.36am, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Chong Sun. In half an hour, we have the opening bell where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But before that, let's talk about education in Malaysia, given that the academic year is drawing to a close and school holidays begin next week. Holidays or not, there's no time off for Education Minister Fadlina Sidé, who was officially appointed in early December and has since had a growing to-do list.
0: One of the key areas in need of attention is the replacement and repair of 830 dilapidated school buildings nationwide. The MOE said that priority will be given to buildings that are confirmed unsafe by the District Education Office and Public Works Department. Another agenda item is the less quantifiable but no less crucial need to encourage critical thinking at all levels of education. This was recently highlighted by the Prime Minister, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim, as he noted that universities must allow criticisms if they are based on facts and reason.
1: Now, as education is the foundation of our next generation, what should be the goals of our policymakers to deliver quality and integrated learning? For some thoughts on this, we have in studio with us Datin Azima Abdul Rahim, Chairperson of the Parent Action Group for Education, or PAGE. She penned an op-ed recently in the Edge Weekly titled, Dear Minister, Be Ambitious in Your Goals. Good morning, Datin Azima. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, it's been around three months since Education Minister Fadlina Sidek took up her post. Let's start with just your initial assessments of her time in office so far.
2: Well, um, we're waiting to see the spark and, or bang, but it's not quite happening. I think uh, everyone has 24 hours, yes, but and I think for, uh, the YB, the minister, is trying to uh, maximise the time. But, and she's doing a lot. She appears to be doing a lot. But mm. I'm, I'm wondering whether she's actually pushing the right buttons. And it's the right buttons that's going to, uh, you know, uh, transform the education system that everybody's waiting for.
1: What's been her engagement um, with the public or, or PAGE and other civil society um, so far? Well,
2: I noticed that she's... Um, she appears to be quite a bit in welfare you know she's visiting sick teachers and uh, sick schools giving money Uh, but I think uh, she should be looking at more more serious stuff I think I I think everybody wants her to come and launch this and that event you know everybody wants her around uh, which is I I also would like to see her but I haven't been able to um, and uh, but um, I'm I'm afraid that's that's not quite happening, and we are concerned because mm. um, uh, should should be looking at policy matters, um, the core business, uh, big ticket items. You know, for instance, teacher training. For instance, you know, um, and, and and addressing the COVID learning loss. And what I, what I see in schools is that um, when, uh, when children went back to schools, they were just took up from where they left off. And, uh, you know, the, the learning loss, as they said, was going to be addressed doesn't look like it has been. Mm. And I think when the students went in, I think they spent something like two months assessing students. But what became of that, we don't know. You know, and I'm afraid that um, children are just being, being left to their, uh, their own thing.
0: Andatinazima, in your open ad in the H Weekly, you brought up the planned closure of the National STEM Centre or NSC. Could you highlight to us the original vision to establish NSC and how will this impact development of STEM learning in the country?
2: Yeah, thanks. Um... Actually, no, no, not many. Uh, the public doesn't seem to be very well aware of the National STEM, Stem, Stem Center um, a page. We actually sat uh, on the Science Education Committee of the Academy of Science Malaysia for a few years, and uh, it culminated in this uh, the starting, in the, or rather, the introduction of um, uh, the National STEM Center which was a collaboration between the Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation at the time and the Ministry of Education. So I think there was, uh, they decided that the, the Ministry of Education would, would uh, incubate it. And, but unfortunately, um, it was put in the basement of the Ministry of Education but I think it 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 actually did uh, justice because uh, under the Academy of Science, we started this Lamana Lapat or uh, inquiry science based education, whereby uh, some schools piloted the program. It's basically so before science was learned by regurgitating facts terms, you know, and it was very teacher centered. So i, I BSC, which is actually um, um uh, conducted worldwide in many countries it's about inquiry so they want they, they you know the children the, the teacher will uh, pose a problem and it's up to the the students to to inquire to come up with a solution you know, problem solve you know very interactive um, but uh, and 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 the results that came from this pilot program was excellent so mm. they've decided to scale up and I think all schools uh, have started to do it and um, and uh, it's it's showing results. Of course, it needs fine tuning here and there. But I think it's it's an it's amazing uh, program that 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 needs um, uh, recognition. So it was supposed to start with that, and then uh, and then out came the news about we are short of half a million science and scientists and engineers. You know, so we decided okay, let's uh, let's expand the International STEM Center. We should be looking at why. Why are we still having only, you know, less than 40% of students in science? It should be the reverse. We should be seeing 60-40. You know, why isn't the figure uh, rising? And why? Because parents are not convinced that STEM STEM is the way to go. You know, why is it that, um, first of all, science uh, degrees are expensive? Okay, parents Mm. look at that. They look at the economics of tertiary education. Where are the jobs? Where are the science jobs? For instance, we had a big problem biotechnology. Everybody was in biotechnology at one point. I remember that yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> and then there were no jobs, and those who continued to pursue biotechnology have have are now part of the brain drain. You know, so uh, so we need to know. So this it was just not just about uh, doing science properly in schools. It was also about jobs. Mm. Was about uh, research R and D and so many things. And in fact, it wasn't just something that was at the top of our heads and the scientists know their stuff, you know. So actually, we were fashion our own National STEM Centre um, uh, from the National STEM, STEM Centre in New York, in UK, because we had, we had visited the STEM Centre many times over and they were willing to share their resources with us. We were so close to, you know
1: sharing what they had with us. So this seems to be um, an initiative that has actually been years in the making. Yes. So why do we, what do we know about why MOE decided to close the National Stem Centre? I
2: suspect the minister does not understand the, the implications, the the idea behind it and the potential. I think she has been misinformed or maybe the leadership is just lacking in vision. It could be a lack of Budget, perhaps? Also, because uh, we discussed this when I was in the council, we discussed this and they needed a small budget, but there was no budget, you mm-hmm. know, or very little to do anything with. They couldn't develop the science centre. In fact, when uh, just before the last budget, uh, academy, I had a I had a meeting with the Academy of Science. They said, let's ask for a big budget to develop this national STEM centre. So it's, it's something at the back of their mind and they know they need the money and they have big plans for it. You know, so this is not the time to close it down, you know. So I think uh, I think everything STEM-related will be under the National Centre. And if the Ministry of Education is not interested, what we can do is follow the UK model, which is uh, as a public-private partnership, maybe place it, if the government still wants to re- uh, retain it as an entity, put it under the Science Centre, where all the teaching resources are already there anyway. Teachers can be trained there. And then... Uh, and then, But it has been endorsed by the Ministry of Education. That's important. So we should take it from there.
0: And Atinazima, the Prime Minister, said that students in the country are free to express their views, including criticising the government, and this is important to ensure critical thinking skills. How can we start creating a better learning atmosphere to allow for creativity and also critical minds?
2: I, I think this is fantastic uh, because I think students are very opinionated. Uh, they... And they can be reasoned with. So I think if there is a, a, a new approach towards things, I think it's important that that uh, the authorities sit down with them and see, figure out how how you can uh, uh, how you can proceed, how you can scale up. So because without the youth in in the picture, we are not going to transform ourselves. Mm.
1: Can we turn our attention to um, another worrying, I suppose, data point? And this is regarding um, our childhood stunting rates uh, in in the country, which affect one in five children aged five years and below and around one in 12 adolescents. Do you think that um, the Ministry of Education has a role to play in addressing um, areas of nutrition and healthy healthy eating for children in Malaysia? Is this something that they should also be paying attention to?
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Because I think uh,
2: in many cases, children have the breakfast and even their lunch in school, you know, and probably one other meal at home. And uh, sometimes uh, students don't want to eat breakfast because at home, because it's just too early, or uh, they haven't got time or they got appetite to eat. So their first meal probably uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And so um, I think. I think parents shouldn't be too concerned about cost because we know everything has risen in price. So if parents think that you know school canteen food is 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 pricey, bring your own food. And I think it's important schools ensure that uh, meals are balanced, you know. Uh, but I think we have come a long way in that um, there's no more junk foods being sold in schools, no sweets, etc., no sweet drinks. So that I think we we I think we have progressed. But I think milk is important. Um, Milk is important. I think before the problem was that it was more of refrigeration than anything, but I think we've been able to overcome that. You know, and I think uh, meals have to be meals have to be balanced. That's so important.
0: Yeah, and, and that in t- total of eight hundred and thirty schools have been identified as having buildings that require replacement or redevelopment, as some are deemed unsafe. Do we know how dire is the situation of this aging infrastructure?
2: Yeah, I think I think the ministry is well aware of this, but I think you know we are we have already sixty over years in independence, and uh, we are we are a developing nation. We are supposed to be developed in twenty twenty, and we're still talking about dilapidated schools. I think this should be. I think there should be zero tolerance towards dilapidated schools. I think, and I think the ministers like actually like dilapidated schools because they go to these schools and they, they are seen to be giving away money. But I think this is not the way it should be. I think there should be a checklist schools that take so, so have so many things is how much money should be allotted to them and 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 things like this should be actually em, uh, uh, delegated and empowered at local level you know mm. and I, I think what's also important is that stop the layering of uh, subcontracting. You know, I mean, I was in the PTA in primary and secondary school. There was so much, you know, they'll promise the, 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 the education office will promise you 200000 But what do you get? I remember uh, we were offered 200000 in my primary school. And what did we get? We just managed, with that 200000 we managed to, to just paint the inside of the school hall. Hmm. And I had to beg for them to paint the, in, the outside of the school hall. You know, but and you can tell that there are many layers and there are a lot of rent seeking. So I think this is something that the ministry definitely needs to look at. You know, enough of uh, direct tender negotiations and stop the layering of contracts then we'll see that every
1: child gets the ringgit from the budget. Datin Azima, we've only scratched the surface of all these various education issues. But thank you so much for speaking Pleasure. to us today. That was Datin or Azima Abdul Rahim, Chairperson of the Parent Action Group for Education. 8.49 in the morning. We're heading into a quick break. We'll come back with news on Singapore's Budget 2023. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9.